Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Disruption Dialogues, a Markets and Markets podcast series for growth-minded strategy, market intelligence, and competitive intelligence professionals. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disruption Dialogues. I'm Pranjal Sharma. I'm an author based in New Delhi, India. And today I'll be in discussion with Tom Solzer. He's the CEO and co-founder of Salzer and Schmidt Laboratories. Thanks, Tom, for being with us today. Hi, Bonjol. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a good topic to look at. We talk about uh, renewable energy, sustainable energy for a long time, but I think we have to get into the second level of discussion. So today we will talk about data in the wind industry, which means that how do we ensure that the wind industry is more efficient and, and works and delivers the way that we want? So I'd like to begin by requesting you, uh, Tom, to talk a little bit about this. Wind industry is fairly mature. It has been there for several decades, but I think the new technologies are making uh, a lot of difference to the efficiency and the operations of uh, wind industry uh, farms. So can you give us an overview of where uh, we are and how data is playing a role? Absolutely. Data is paradigm to what we do, and uh, data is particularly important when it comes to the operation and maintenance of these assets. And maybe I can uh, give you a few examples for that. There's many analogies between, for example, a car and a wind turbine. And you know, when we when we drive a car, we know typically that every so many miles we have to do an oil change. Now, why do we know that? Because the car manufacturers, they have collected data over a long period of time in different settings to figure out what are the proper intervals to do these oil changes. Now, this uh, translates to a wind turbine because if we want to know at which point in time we have to do certain maintenance tasks, we need the data to understand when is the best you know, point in time to actually go and execute those. And on one side, we use sensors to gather data. These can be temperature sensors, vibration sensors, oil particle sensors. And this data is collected and analyzed and can serve as the basis to uh, prescribe maintenance tasks. Now, a wind turbine, is composed of many different components. There's a generator, there's a gearbox, there's electrical installations, of course, there's a tower. And then there are the rotor blades, which are composite material components. And to monitor the blades now in this case with sensors is very difficult. So we need other ways to get to get this data. And what has proven to be a very suitable approach is to document, to visually document the surface of these blades with high resolution images. And, you know, maybe we'll get into that discussion how that is best done. But data is paramount. We need this understanding of when to do what in order to keep these assets in optimal condition. And, you know, and uh, getting back to the example of the car, the most modern cars now, they don't tell you to do an oil change every 15,000 miles. They actually measure the particle counts in in the oil of the gearbox. And when that reaches a certain level, they tell you, hey, it's time to go do an oil change. 
and we see the same, you know, the same uh, developments we see in, uh, for example, wind turbines, because a wind turbine can be placed in a, you know, near near. It can be placed in a desert. It can be placed in a forest. It can be placed in a near the Arctic Circle. And what we observe in these different locations under different environmental conditions is completely different. So the prescribed maintenance schedules have to be different. But in order to get to this point, we first need to gather data to develop a deeper understanding. So Tom, you know, the challenge is, uh, is very clear, and I think you've also given a good idea of the solution, but there are many, I think a majority of the wind turbines are old. They were created before uh, uh, the the era of putting sensors everywhere. How did information come then? And is it difficult to, to put the sensors in the old turbines or are you looking at these solutions only for the future and the new versions of the turbines? Well, <clears throat> there's a huge difference between you know, the generation one of turbines and the latest generations is completely different. This is like comparing a plane from the 1920s to a modern Airbus, uh, you know, it's completely different. Now, the uh, the old turbines, the, uh, you know, the first turbines, they already had some sensors, but on a very limited basis. And I think the willingness also of the owners and operators to invest uh, into those turbines from an operation and maintenance point of view is somewhat limited. And if you look at the, a modern turbine with 15 megawatts of output, it's a different ballgame. Those assets are very expensive and, you know, they're pushing the limits of material technology. So you really have to very, very carefully uh, monitor these gigantic new turbines. And the old ones, you know, it's it's still common, for, particularly in the US, we see a lot of operators, they tell us, you know, let them run till they break and then we'll go and fix them. Uh, so completely two different worlds. So you're saying that the new generation turbines uh, will be more important for bringing better data, but from the outcome perspective, how does it benefit the user? If I'm using energy from wind turbine, does it make it uh, more predictable? Does it reduce the cost? What are the advantages that you see by bringing data to the wind industry? Yeah, data has a huge impact on, on cost and overall efficiency. Uh, the as big, you know, the turbines are growing in size. The reason that they're growing in size is that with bigger turbines, the efficiency overall is increasing. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, what we absolutely have to avoid is any sort of fatal uh, failure of, a, of a, for example, a gearbox or a rotor blade, because that would be extremely expensive then to correct. So we need to look ahead. We need to follow, you know, issues. For example, if you give you some examples, we observe cracks in the rotor blades. And these cracks, they propagate over time. And a minuscule crack, you don't necessarily have to go and send a repair team out right away to fix it. But as it starts to grow, at some point, you need to make an intervention to correct this problem. Because otherwise, if you don't do anything, you might lose the whole blade. And one blade of these 
huge turbines can cost a million a million dollars to replace so this this collecting data is 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 really the foundation of optimizing operation and maintenance that would be very useful to prevent something from happening or to shut it down before there is ex extensive damage uh, tell us a little bit about what your company has been doing what are the disruptions do you see which are happening in the wind industry because of some of the work that you are doing what are the new disruptions and what are the new innovations that your company has done yeah i think it 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 comes to it's 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 basically two aspects of what we do we what we realized is that the the rotor blades in this case of wind turbine uh, are still blind spots in terms of having reliable trustworthy data to actually then you know make your conclusions in regards to maintenance and 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 the interventions so we found that the the industry when they started out designing turbines they didn't really think about how their blades were aging over the 20 years of lifespan uh, but this became an issue and so they had to find a way to address this and what they did is they sent people up tower much like mountain climbers on ropes going down along the blade to visually look at the blade and identify issues there's not a very efficient way uh, so when we when we've seen the arrival of drones we thought well you know why not why not use a drone to bring the camera close to the blade and document the entire surface of the blade? Because then we, we can see all the cracks, we can see all the erosion and lightning damages and so forth. And then, of course, these drones, they collect an enormous amount of very good data, but we have to analyze it. And that's a big task. So the next step was to develop um, artificial uh, intelligence algorithms that could tell us where the anomalies are in in this mountain of image material and then the last step is to have some blade experts look at those anomalies and decide you know does this need to be repaired right away can this wait for a little bit longer uh, so that's how we got into this and now we take this much further this is now about the digitalization of the entire roller blade because our customers, what they want is they want all this information at their fingertips. They want to know, okay, tell us when do we need to, you know, to plan for which interventions, what is the cost behind it? Uh, how many teams do we need to mobilize? Do we need cranes? Do we, what kind of materials do we need to carry all this out? Uh, so the, you know, and, and we can address this through digital solutions, in other words, through a, a platform that allows our customers to consume all this information in a very comprehensive fashion. In your estimate, Tom, do you think, uh, and the experience of your company, what is the percentage of the industry which is well covered with sensors and the kind of data flow that you require. You said that many companies and data and, and the wind farm operators are, are still wondering whether there is a good reason for it. So would you say that there is still some way to go for people to appreciate the importance of data? Oh yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of operators have been waking up to 
these kind of topics, but the approach that they take is, you know, is quite different. Some operators, for them, it's more or less an nuisance. They, you know, they know they need to do something, uh, but they want to do it as cheaply, you know, and as least invasive as possible. So they're maybe sending out uh, a drone, a drone operator to take some pictures of their blades. Then they look at them, but they are not really benefiting uh, from this data because we call this throwaway data. You 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 capture it, you look at it, and then you throw it away. It doesn't really serve any purpose to learn about the issues and how they evolve over time. So uh, our claim to fame is we are, first of all, we are collecting structured data. We do it in a repeatable way. When we inspect a turbine in 22 and we reinspect the turbine in 23, we can directly see and compare, hey, what has happened within the past 12 months? So we call this structured data. Then, of course, on top of the structured data, uh, we are running algorithms that really, you know, make sense of it. For example, certain types of cracks, how fast do they really grow? Because that's a strong then a strong uh, basis to decide, okay, are we in a hurry here or can we wait? And this also helps then customers to cluster together, for example, repairs, and that saves them an enormous amount of money. You know, I want to talk to you about your own experience, Tom, and and I want to uh, want you to share some ideas about what is the future looking like. There is a lot of effort being put into understanding weather patterns and uh, a lot of uh, artificial intelligence, uh, satellite image, and uh, even ground sensors are being used to see uh, how how weather will change. There is micro weather, and all these things have an impact on the wind industry. So there is a lot of sensor and data coming from that side. Is there you is there a situation where you see two different types of data combining from the wind uh, sector and the weather sector to make things better. What kind of changes do you see in the future? A lot. <laughs> I think the answer is a lot. No, on one side, we have all this data coming from sensors, as you pointed out. Then we have data that, for example, we collect with our drones. There's different type of data. Then we have weather data. Uh, then we have satellite imagery and so far. And we are strongly believing that the fusion of these data will, you know, will unfold big potentials yet again. And we see this already now because currently the monitoring of the rotor blade is very disconnected from the monitoring of the turbine and the gearbox. Now, if we look at the rotor blade and we 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 could actually at the same time look at the sensor data of the gearbox and we see oh there's vibration uh, vibration you know signals then we look differently at the rotor blade because they might be connected the vibration of the gearbox might be connected to the rotor blade because the rotor blade has suffered from erosion which then induces you know vibration in the in the drivetrain and also what we what we see is the aging of these composite material components much depends on the environment. You know, erosion, for example, uh, is very different on a you know in the in the in the in the vicinity of a beach or the desert or in the forest 
completely different. So if we can actually in, in, inject weather data information into our analysis, it will create more meaningful data that can then drive operation and maintenance. So I, we strongly believe in the fusion of data in the future and not only in the fusion of data, what we'll actually see is that they, this will fuse together several companies that today are operating on a standalone basis. You know, my final uh, theme, uh, Tom, is, is about, uh, again, coming from a consumer side, one of the biggest challenges of renewable energy is quality, quantity, and, and steady flow of electric current, which, you know, the old fossil fuel-based plants and electricity plants can create, you know, coal or, or anything else that we use because the users know exactly how much will come through what time, but renewable is so dependent on weather. Do you see a situation where technology and data can improve this and make renewable energy and wind energy far more predictable to use and easier for the consumers? I think I think it can to some extent. I think data is certainly helpful in managing and controlling, uh, you know, wind assets. I also believe that storage technologies will come to fruition. Uh, and there's a lot of activity now around all sorts of different technologies, such as hydrogen, uh, that would extremely, you know, uh, be an extremely powerful complement to, to some of the renewable energy. <clears throat> I think what is, what, is, what is key is that we have, uh, you know, wind turbines that are in a position to operate but because we still have too many that are either uh you know producing less energy than they could or you know they have some issues and they just stand still so uh, uh, but i think the answer is yes i think data is is like you know is like the oxygen in the air to, <laughs> to renewable energy in many ways Thank you, Tom. I think that's that's an important point that you make that uh, data will have to be at the core because even if you look at storage solutions and as the industry for storage improves and the facilities improve, the fact is that data will still be relevant uh, for the storage, for the uh, transmission, uh, for the generation. And if the entire value chain can have far better and deeper data, I guess that uh, we will see a very high level of efficiency and usage of energy from wind. Yes, uh, we strongly believe in that. And, you know, wind already has become uh, quite competitive if we look at the, the overall landscape. Uh, but this is not at the end of the road. Uh, there's there's several avenues. I think the, the optimization of, 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 of turbines, given, as you said, uh, you know, weather forecast is, is is one avenue. Saving cost and operation and maintenance, there is still very substantial potentials uh, just to keep these these things in better shape. Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today, because I think uh, this is a subject of great interest to a lot of people. And I'd also like to thank everybody else for listening in. I was in conversation with Tom Sulzer. He's a CEO, co-founder of Souser and Smith Laboratories. It's been a great pleasure. Don't forget, collecting data is an investment.
That's a great line, Tom. And uh, <laughs> I'll request everybody to stay tuned for more such conversations on disruption dialogues. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Disruption Dialogues. If you are a strategy or market intelligence professional, we invite you to join our community on LinkedIn, Hashtag Disruption Dialogues.